Welcome to the Richard Roper Podcast, a very special edition of the Richard Roper Podcast because it's Oscar nominations day. We're going to go through the nominations, the snubs and surprises. It's entertainment law that you must use the term snubs and surprises when talking about nominations for any awards category. We're going to get into all of that and so much more. But first, here's your reminder. The Richard Roper Show is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. The digital landscape is changing rapidly. And to compete in today's online business environment, you need an experienced partner. Since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes offering web design, web development, e-commerce, mobile apps, and digital marketing to drive your overall business's success because they believe that today's online world is your online opportunity. Visit AmericanEagle.com to get started today. The nominees for Best Motion Picture of the Year are... American Fiction. Ben LeClaire, Nikos Paramigos, Cora Jefferson, and Jermaine Johnson, producers. Anatomy of a Fall, Marie-Ange Luciani, and David Thune. Barbie. David Heyman, Margot Robbie, Tom Ackerley, and Robbie Brenner, producers. The Holdovers, Mark Johnson, producer. Killers of the Flower Moon. Dan Friedkin, Bradley Thomas, Martin Scorsese, and Daniel Lupi, producers. Maestro, Bradley Cooper, Steven Spielberg, Fred Berner, Amy Durning, and Christy McCosco-Krieger, producers. Oppenheimer, Emma Thomas, Charles Roven, and Christopher Nolan, producers. Past Lives, David Hinojosa, Christine Bashan, and Pamela Koffler, producers. Poor Things, Ed Guiney, Andrew Lowe, Yorgos Lanthimos, and Emma Stone, producers. And The Zone of Interest, James Wilson, producer. Okay, those are your 10 best picture nominees for Academy Awards coming up uh, March 10th from Hollywood. Uh, I want to start off by uh, giving kudos to Jack Quaid and Zazie Beetz, who were our presenters for the nominations. And, um, you know, listen, we've talked about this. The Academy has followed the same tradition for 100 million years, or at least uh, the last uh, many years and decades, where in the pre-dawn hours in Los Angeles, like 5.30 a.m. Pacific time, they gather together for a very stripped down, simple, not even a ceremony, a presentation where two actors, usually two representatives of Hollywood, read off the nominees, and then that's it. And the idea of that behind that was that way you get coverage on the morning network shows, the Today Show and Good Morning America and CBS, et cetera, et cetera. It, it seems to me like it's a very outdated way of doing things or at least it was, but now I have to say it almost makes sense because of social media. So you get all this instant reaction for years. I said, why don't you guys dress this up a little bit, make it some kind of a, a primetime special, if you will, and run it on, uh, you know, the E channel or, or something like that. But now kind of, I have to say, I've kind of come a little bit around on this because in the, the this world of streaming and everything having to be instantaneous, you get 
all kinds of instant reaction on social media, which is kind of fun because then people, you know, talk about what was the snub and what was the surprise. And I'm so mad about this and I can't believe that. So anyway, uh, that's how they do the nominations. Uh, you heard the list of uh, best picture nominations. And I want to start off talking about that because, you know, it, you hear from people so often saying, you know, they don't make movies like they used to. And I don't know what that means exactly, because they do make movies like they used to. They might not make as many, uh, but there are a lot of quality films out there. there. There's never been a year where we haven't had 100 movies that are worth your time, at least. Uh, but it's been a bumpy road, you know, admittedly, in the last few years for Hollywood. I mean, uh, you know, theaters shuttering uh, down and not all of them uh, opening their shutters, if you will, their doors. Uh, after the pandemic and that was you know obviously that was a minor relatively minor thing compared to the the worldwide tragedy of the pandemic but it did affect the industry in a big way productions were shut down theaters were literally closed for a long time you couldn't go to the movies we had the writers and the actors strikes and of course this continued uh, proliferation and dominance of the streaming giants which is a, a double-edged sword because you've got Netflix and Apple TV Plus and other giants, you know, pouring a ton of movies and sometimes in some cases, movies getting made that would not otherwise get made by the old fashioned studio system. But then there's also the fact that a lot of these have day and date releases or they're only in theaters for, you know, a week or two. And then people know they can get them on streaming, so they don't want to go to the theater. All of those things being taken into consideration when you look at that list of nominated films, the 10 best picture nominees for 2023, every film in here is really, really strong, guys. Some of them, I would I would argue, are, are close to the masterpiece category, great films, Killers of the Flower Moon and Oppenheimer immediately jumped to mind. I think The Zone of Interest is a film that will rock you in, in many ways if you check it out and and then you also have you know something that's sly and subversive as american fiction the monstrous and wonderful and huge i shouldn't say monstrous as a monster hit uh barbie there are no monsters in barbie not even not even ken come on give ken his due uh, you know these are great films man you know so there's a lot of really good stuff out there um, so I, I think Oppenheimer is pretty much your preordained uh, favorite to win Best Picture. We'll get in to uh, a whole ballot thing uh, in a few weeks where I'll go through all 23 categories with you guys and help you fill out your ballots. I think we did pretty good last year because that way you can try to try to win your pool, if you will. But I thought that was some pretty good stuff. Uh, yeah, there were some uh, surprises. It, it happens every year. I mean, part of this thing, you know, it's interesting because watch for this this year usually one of the winners will go up there and very graciously name or and or thank the other nominees saying i can't believe i'm even in the same room as annette benning jody foster whatever the case may be and they say and then usually someone will say you know it's not really a competition and they always talk about you know the cliche of it's an honor just to be nominated which it is because if you're nominated for an Academy Award, we're going to talk about some of the first-time nominees in a second here. If you're nominated for an Academy Award, it's going to be in the first line of your biography for the rest of your life, which is a very cool thing. Every time that you get introduced, it'll be like, the Academy Award nominee, blah, 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 is joining us today. Very cool. But when someone says it's not a competition, it's it's the very definition of a competition. You have hundreds of films and performances and screenplays, et cetera, that are eligible. And then it's winnowed down to 10 in the best picture category, five in most of the other categories. And then we take those five and we vote for them. 
That is a competition. You get one winner. It does not mean, of course, that the other people are losers, but you didn't win, okay? So that being taken into consideration, you're always going to have some instances where people can't believe that certain performances uh, didn't make it, uh, that certain films were, again, we're going to use that term, snubbed. Uh, so let's talk about Barbie. Now, Barbie, Barbie, of course, made over a billion dollars. It just it, it just won that uh, first ever Golden Globe for whatever they called it, winning, making the most money, basically. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. I got us both ice cream. Cool. Hi Barbie. 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 Oh, hi Alan. There are no multiples of Alan. He's just Alan. Yeah, I'm confused about that. So Barbie got eight nominations, which is pretty awesome. If you told somebody five, six years ago, hey, they're developing a Barbie movie and it's going to get eight Oscar nominations, you would have said, what? Are you nuts? Uh, but, of course, with Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach teaming up, Greta Gerwig, the director, her partner, Noah Baumbach, uh, they were nominated for Adapted Screenplay, America Ferrara for Supporting Actress, Ryan Gosling for Supporting Actor. However, Greta Gerwig was not nominated for best director which always gives rise to the phrase did the movie direct itself how is the movie uh, nominated but the director isn't even though that happens sometimes because sometimes people think a film is well directed but is also about a lot of other things or that there's a great job of directing a film that maybe didn't have all the other elements involved it's kind of strange because it's like you know if you wrote the best song and it won for best song, but you didn't win for best writer. I, I get that. But in any case, Greta Gerwig did not get a directing uh, nod. Margot Robbie did not make the cut for best actress. And I'll, I'm going to talk about that in a second. I'll just talk about that right now because hold on here. I've got my old fashioned notes and everything. Okay. So uh, let's talk about, Mar okay, Margot Robbie. She, first of all, she was great at, as Barbie because it's a tricky role because, listen, they even had a nod in the movie where Helen Mirren as a narrator kind of goes, listen, you know, you look like Barbie, but she's, she's funny and earnest, but then also, you know, there's that moment where she says, do you ever think about dying? And it's got a lot of layers to it. Margot Robbie's a, a terrific actress, but you know, so are the five nominees for actress in a leading role. Annette Benning for Nyad. She's been nominated many times, has not won. Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. So, you know, you always look at that and you say, well, what? which one of those would you take out of there? That's always a little bit of a tricky thing, too. I, I, I liked uh, Nyad. I thought it was a fine film. Annette Benning uh, getting recognized there, I do think, was a little bit of a surprise. Um, and uh, Jodie Foster, who was great in Nyad, so uh, two two veterans there. Gerwig does become the first woman to have directed three Best Picture nominees. Wasn't always nominated, but Lady Bird, Little Women, and now Barbie have been nominated for Best Picture. That's pretty amazing. Uh, for the first time in history, three Best Picture nominees were directed by women in um, Barbie, Anatomy of a Fall, and Past Lives. That's pretty amazing. And we had a lot of first-time nominees. Uh, I think last year might have been the record. The vast majority of acting nominees, it was their first time. 
Uh, this time around, I think it's 10, I want to say, as I'm looking over this list here. This all just happened, guys. Uh, so bear with me. World will remember this day. understand what I'm getting at? I do. Then why don't you answer it Because I don't like your phrase. He'd do it all over. Why? Because it made him the most important man who ever lived. I came to you with those calculations. We thought we might start a chain reaction that would the entire world. Pretty amazing that Killian Murphy has never been nominated before. Because you think of him as, you know, an actor's actor, as we like to say. He's been in, he's been in a lot of popular movies as well, obviously. Uh, but also prestige films, and yet he had never been nominated. So uh, he has got a nomination for the first time. Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, another, because you, know, you think of all the films she's done. Uh, Lily Gladstone. He told me he was, he was going with Matt Williams for a time. You talk too much. Oh, I don't talk too much. Thinking who I got to beat in this horse race, that's all. I didn't realize this was a race. I don't care for watching horses. Well, I'm a different kind of horse. <laughs> what was that? That's how you are. I don't know what she said, but it must have been Indian for handsome devil. <laughs> a relative newcomer, so that I think most people realize that would be her first nomination. Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Hello. He's been, uh, you know, he's won and been nominated for a lot of work in a lot of different medium, media, mediums, medium warm, medium hot. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction, which, by the way, if you hadn't had a chance to see it, it's really, really good and really funny and, and really provocative. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. Did you save room for dessert? Hmm. Yeah, what's that? That's our signature dessert, Cherry's Jubilee. Mm. Sounds great. <laughs> Bring the young vandal here, Cherry's Jubilee. Well, I'm afraid I can't. The dish contains brandy. Same deal with the bananas foster. Yeah, but doesn't the alcohol just burn off? Mm. It's still against the rules, ma'am. Oh, I'll order the cherry jubilee. We can share it. I can't allow that either. Can we say it's his birthday? It's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday, young man. Let's get you a slice of cake or some other age-appropriate dessert. Christ on a crutch. What kind of a fascist hash foundry are you running here? Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Do you by chance have cherries? Yes. Great. And do you have ice cream? Yes. Fantastic. Can we please get cherries and ice cream to go? And the check. Right away. Uh, Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, who is uh, who lends such humor and heart to that film. Coleman Domingo for Rustin. 
a film that I know a lot of people haven't seen, uh, but you should. Also, America Ferrara for Barbie. I think that was a little bit of a surprise to some folks. Uh, she did have that one amazing monologue. She's great, but I think that was a little bit of a surprise. And then Danielle Brooks, who's a scene-stealing sensation in the color purple. It's always a kick to see these first-time nominees on Oscar night because, you know, in some cases, that we've talked about some actors here who have had brilliant careers. It's kind of a surprise that they've been nominated for the first time. In other cases... You know, it's sort of like the music world, uh, you know, where you have one hit wonders. And I don't mean this to disparage anybody's abilities or talents, but sometimes you just get nominated the one time. So when you're nominated for the first time, you got to think to yourself, I wonder if the, I think in most of these cases, I hope it's not in all these cases. I hope it's not. But that's just the way uh, the proverbial cookie crumbles. There are a lot of great actors. If you look it up and you'll say, oh, wow, they were just nominated that one time. So you really got to soak in the moment. And uh, that's that's one of the fun things about Oscar night. I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break. Let's talk about Portillo's and then we'll come back with uh, a few final thoughts about the Oscar nominations. All right, let's talk a little bit about Portillo's. They're known, of course, for their famous Chicago hot dogs with all the freshest and tastiest ingredients, right down to that famous poppy seed bun. Then we have to talk about the legendary chocolate cake. And everybody knows if you've ever been to Portillo's, but if you don't, you never put the cake in the fridge. You have to have it at room temperature. That's how it's delivered to you or handed to you in the restaurant. That's the way you have to taste it. And of course, the menu has everything from the char-broiled burger to Italian beef, to some really good chopped salads. But, oh, that chocolate cake, I'm telling you. Now, there are locations throughout the Midwest and in Florida, California, and Arizona. But you can also ship Portillo's anywhere in the United States of America by ordering at portillos.com. That's P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S.com. P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S.com. Okay, welcome back to the Richard Roper podcast. Uh, we are talking about the Oscar nominations, kind of doing an instant react thing. Uh, we'll have another podcast soon where we uh, get into all the things happening in other facets of uh, pop culture and entertainment and reviews, et cetera. But for today, I want to concentrate on the Oscar nominations. Uh, Steven Spielberg, got to mention this. Uh, he is the most nominated producer. He's obviously nominated and, and has won for directing, but... He is, uh, he is one of the producers of Maestro. It is his 25th nomination overall. Uh, this is also, this is indicative of how I think audiences, listen, going back to the, the German Impressionist and the, the French New Wave, there's always been a certain segment of the American population that embraces foreign films or international films. Films in another language is the way we like to say it now. Uh, so that's always been a, a facet of uh really embracing cinema if you will is to is to get into movies that are not just um, american made and in the english language but this is the first time that three best picture nominees are either predominantly or entirely in a language other than english that's anatomy of a fall past lives and the zone of interest which indicates again that the academy more than ever i think is is more diverse more international and and more willing i think to recognize the greatness of films from everywhere from all over the place uh we mentioned lily gladstone she is the first native american acting nominee that's very cool 
uh Jodie Foster. So Jodie Foster was nominated for Naya. She she's great. She's uh the obligatory best friend and sidekick, but does so much more with that role. And by the way, Jodie Foster right now is in um True Detective Night Country, the most recent True Detective. We talked about that. Uh it was so cool the other day. I was clicking around and uh on one HBO channel was the very beginning of the silence of the lambs and then the other hbo channel was in the new episode of true detective so you got to see jody foster playing badass uh law enforcement uh agents in in films more than 30 years apart but also uh it's a 29 year gap between nominations uh for jody foster uh she was nominated in 1994 for nell and incredibly somehow has not been nominated since then so it's a 29 year gap that ties uh, her with Angela Bassett, who, had the, who also had a 29-year gap between nominations. Helen Hayes uh, with 39 years between nominations. And Lynn Gr Redgrave with 32 years between nominations. Those are the all-time leaders. Bradley Cooper directed himself uh, to a nomination. Um, he did that also, I believe, for Stars Born. Yeah, just four or five years ago for Stars Born. He's the 20th actor to direct himself to a nomination. Coleman Domingo for Rustin is the first openly gay Best Actor nominee since Ian McKellen was nominated for 1998's Gods and Monsters. Um, Martin Scorsese, who continues to do this incredible work, and when you watch Killers of the Flower Moon, it's like there's nothing old-fashioned about his technique. He's still doing innovative camera moves and storytelling techniques. The way he wrapped up uh, the film with this years later radio production telling you the story through the kind of sanitized white filter was brilliant. Uh, Martin Scorsese at 81 is the eldest nominee for direct, best director, the first octogenarian. It had been uh, Pritzi's honor director, John Houston, who was 79 when he was nominated in 1986. Uh, with his 10th nomination, Scorsese is alone in second place be behind William Wyler as the most nominated director. Scorsese has a total of 17 nominations for either directing, writing, or producing. That's pretty cool. And we'd be remiss uh, not to mention John Williams, who basically gets nominated for Best Score every year and uh, re received his first nomination in 1968 when he was 35, and he is 91 and is nominated once again. So we look back at the nominations now hours since they've come out i think the academy uh, membership overall did a fine job there are very few things you look at this and go how did that get in there you do say how did that not get in there listen i would have probably found room for air i loved that movie i think it came out a little bit too early and was considered maybe a little too light to be considered for best picture, but you know, you can say the same of Barbie and no air didn't make nearly the box office. It, I think it's one of the best movies of the year. I think various performances, uh, fast bender in the killer, uh, Penelope Cruz for Ferrari. These are, I'm talking about performances that didn't make the cut. Uh, Nicholas cage was incredible in dream scenario. I love some of the work in salt burn may December origin is a film that I think is is just absolutely profound and brilliant and filled with great performances and just never caught on uh, with you know the awards buzz. It's a strange and kind of this ephemeral, ethereal, intangible thing how some films just catch on and others, even though they get really good reviews, they don't have the box office or they just for some reason they just kind of fall through the cracks. 
and just don't get nominations. And it's sort of preordained by the time we get to the morning of the Oscar nominations, because there have been so many other awards, as you know, the Golden Globes and the BAFTAs and all that other stuff that we kind of know. The Iron Claw, man, you know, that film. And I, you know, it, it's, I think it's doing pretty well. It got great reviews, but people are like, what about this wrestling family? But it's really this Shakespearean drama about fathers and a father and his sons and, the, the difficulties there and the union between brothers and it's the one tragedy after another, but the performances from Zach Efron, from Jeremy Allen white, everybody in the film were amazing. And again, that just didn't quite, quite catch on uh, with the voters. So there you have it. Those are your nominations. Uh, some quick reactions from me. I wanted to get out to you guys as soon as possible. This is the Richard Roper podcast. We will be back soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>